it was so good that I'm just gonna I'm gonna say, guys, we had an argument that was so wild, so fine. <laughs> No human can ever, can ever hear it. It would have blown your mind out the that's, back of the room. That's the special $20 a month Patreon tier. We'll send you that argument. Buenos dias, everybody. Welcome to the 43rd episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast, where I decided to start it in Spanish this time. Uh, my name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-hosts Evan Hoover and Mike Valverde. Uh, this is a fantasy football podcast from FootballAbsurdity.com. Mr. Valverde, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Just had my my hometown draft. Uh, that went okay, I think. Uh, interesting to note that Colts running backs are playing merry-go-round. So Deontay Foreman has been uh, placed on injured reserve and Chitarnik West has been signed. So Whoa, 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 musical, whoa. Musical chairs. When did this happen? Holy, I asked how you were doing, not to break news, Schefter. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. It's my team, man. When, uh, did this literally just happen? I was just on Roto World. Yes, uh, about an hour ago. Oh, man, alive. Okay, so... The thing that I was saying about Defon- De- Deonta Foreman this whole time was correct, so I'll I'll uh, uh, put that one up to me. Oh, but it was his biceps. That's yes. wild. Yeah, it's not it's not his uh, ACL or knee or anything to that effect. That's a total different injury. Well, I'll still claim it a victory. You know, when you when you have when you're coming back from an Achilles tear, you can really overcompensate and hurt your arm. I think. Well, yeah, it's all, <laughs> it's all that remote lifting you're doing while while you're resting your leg. Uh, yeah, it's channels and twelve ounce curls. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So you said they signed Charkandrick. Oh, but Charkandrick West didn't they just have him? Oh, and they cut him when they got Foreman, so they got him back. Okay. All right. Well. Shoot, just before the podcast, I was talking about how everything throws me off and I can't uh, keep my head straight. So thanks for that, Mike. Uh, (laughs) Evan, how are you? I'm glad to be here. I'll be a lot better on Wednesday when we get all these side updates done. That's going to be a long couple of days for me. Yeah, buddy. We're getting our draft kit updated. We're Evan in a frantic message, a frantic set of messages told us all of his plans about updating the site. So it's it's, uh, footballabsurdity.com. It's going to get a little bit little bit of an overhaul, a little bit of a change, um, and uh, we'll see um, what we can do to make it a better experience for you folks. But yeah, if you already have uh, the draft kit, we'll be shooting you out a new version of it that we're going to go ahead and get updated this week with some new news, some new information. And if you haven't gotten the draft kit, uh, it is uh, over 450 pages now, right, Evan? It's just right about 450, exactly. All right. About 450 pages. Uh, it's seven bucks. You can get it through on the website. You can uh, PayPal Evan. He'll send you a copy. If you sign up for the Patreon, you get a copy of it and you get a link to our uh, Discord where we're getting. It's growing. We're starting to get some people in there. Uh, you, you can talk fantasy football. We'll get you any questions you want answered. We'll go ahead and get you that advice. You'll have a straight uh, pipeline to uh, Mike's in there, Evan's in there, I'm in there, and the uh, the other founder, uh, Waleed, is in there as well. So we'll get you guys any questions, any advice that you want. And we've got some channels in there for like uh, sleepers, or you can talk those out, or if you have uh, strategy questions, lineup questions when the season comes, that'll be all in the Discord. And if you're a patron um, on Patreon, you can do that. 
Uh, the other way you can get it, uh, get the draft kit is if you sign up for draft.com promo code absurdity um, and deposit at least 10 bucks. We get a little uh, a little pat on the back from um, from draft.com because you set, uh, because we sent you and uh, you'll get you will get a three dollar token for uh, use on the site and you'll get the seven dollar draft kit. So you deposit 10 bucks there. You get ten dollars to play with. You get a three dollar token and you get the seven dollar draft kit. So really, it's like a, a free uh, $3 and a free $7. It's you break even. And all you have to do is go have some fun on draft.com for it. Um, there are six new people since we last, uh, since we last spoke, who signed up for the Patreon. We have six new patrons. Uh, yeah, big, uh, big up to these guys. And actually one of them, big shout out to Alex C. Alex isn't actually a patron, but he's getting a shout out because he just wanted that draft kit and he signed up and got the draft kit. And somehow didn't get charged, so he reached out to us to make sure that we got our money. So greatly appreciate you, Alex C. Thank you very much. Uh, the other guys who we appreciate, uh, we got Jason P. Jason, thank you for being a patron. Vincent C., thank you for being a patron. Michael Hunter C., thank you. Luke P., thank you. And Kiko D., thank you very much, you guys, for being patrons. And I can say you guys because you, I'm going to assume you are all men based on your names and demographic data. So, all right, if you want to be like one of these guys, you can go to patreon.com slash footballabsurdity, or if you cl click the support button on the header of the website, it'll take you to uh, our Patreon page. And like I said, it'll get you access to the draft kit, uh, get you access to the Discord all season long, where you can have the ear of the guys on the site who uh, will be able to help you out with any questions you might have for fantasy football. So, oh, uh, I, I, I have to say, I, I, I love our new absurdists, and, and I want more. More yeah. absurdists. Come, come to us. Come yes, to us. come be an absurdist. Yes, Mike, thank you. I forgot I called them. I decided they were called absurdists. So, yes, uh, Jason, Vincent, Michael, Luke, Kiko, and Alex, you're an honorary absurdist. Thank you all for being absurdists and helping support the site, helping support Beer Sheets, uh, helping support all the server upgrades we had to do this year. So, Beer Sheets, a little bit of a delay this week because we have to wait for uh, things to get updated for the Josh Gordon news. Uh, um Josh Gordon got reinstated this week um, on Friday, actually, um, and he's going to slide right back into the Patriots um, at the same time. Uh, it probably hurts some other guys, um, but that'll be the first thing that we'll talk about. We'll go a little bit out of order because that's how the transition played out. <laughs> so uh, Josh Gordon is back um, for now. Um, he's been on and off the field with uh, uh, substances of abuse uh, suspension. So um, Mike, we'll start with you. What is where does Josh Gordon slide in for you? What is what do you think this does for him and the Patriots? Well, when he was with New England last year for I can't remember how many games. I think it was like four games or whatever. He was he was an absolute monster. He was producing great stats, making great plays. So you have to think two things: pro and con here. The pro is that with Tom Brady, it's going to be looking for him. And I think he's he's talented enough to produce some great numbers. The con, of course, is his mentality. Uh, I, I think he's a strong person. He 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 says, okay, well, I need to take time for myself. I need I need to get away from the game because of this. And I, and I give him kudos for that. But what's what's the separation point? We we don't know his separation point between. Is he fully healthy and can stand the temptations, or can he not? So do we know he's going to play four games and go, I can't do this anymore, and check himself back in rehab? So it's a, it's such a mis, misunderstanding of where this guy lies because we don't know 
whether he's going to play or he's not. And I, I'd say if he's around for your fourth wide receiver, Bird's top three wide receiver, so in that, in that line between bottom three and top four, I'd say you go for it. Yeah. It's uh, going bad. Even if he plays all 16 games, it's going to be underwhelming. Stop believing in people. I, can't I, boo, help Santa, I boo Santa Claus. You well, mean Santa's not real? He was, but Evan, he was good. I mean, he was on pace for over a thousand yards last year with the Patriots. So what makes and you say everybody just... got their hopes up and they were all disappointed except me. I didn't believe in anybody. I never got crestfallen. That's the strategy. <laughs> Can't fool me with your trickery. So, uh, so he's, he there, what, what auction value do you put on him then, Evan? Like five, like five bucks. Yeah, I'd rather have he bottom bottom end of the wide receiver twenty, the wide receiver twos. Yeah. So okay. Okay. So you're actually what's funny is you're the highest of the three of them on us. Then if he's the back end of your wide receiver twos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Evan, see, oh, see how you do? I have I him. I, I can't I walk the walk even. Yeah, I, I, I can't even impersonate myself. I I slotted him in at uh. Uh, a wide receiver 36 so kind of like mike saying like back end wide receiver three type territory because of what evan said like he'll be good when he i think he'll be fine good even when he's there especially without gronk around um but uh he could be gone just like that you know at a moment's notice and so i can't really um uh invest anything strong in him uh you know anything uh, concrete because i just can't trust that he'll be there uh, just like Evan was saying, uh, at some point he'll just disappear on you like he's done pretty much each every single season of his career. So um, so, yeah, back in wide receiver three for him. He's he's greatly talented, um, but who knows um, if he'll be around. Does this bump uh, Tom Brady for either of you guys? No. Yeah, I, it does for me a little bit just because of the fact that it, the the tall, big, distant receiver that brady relies on like he did with with gronk they they love to have that outside receiver you know that goes down the seam and catches a, that long ball i i still believe that the only reason why it's a small bump because this team with damian harris and sony michelle and james white and all the other guys are built to run this this, this is going to be a majority running team even more than what we saw last year so you can't bump him up too high i mean i moved him up significantly he went from i think my my quarterback 23 to my quarterback 21 so you know look out he went from a back end you know uh quarterback two to a middle to back end quarterback two so you know greatly shaking greatly shaking up my ranks i was in an auction last last night with I don't know, half half fantasy addicts and half casual friends. And early on, Tom Brady went for like seven. And I was like, whoa, people are up valuing him because of Gordon. What is Gordon going to go for? Gordon was not nominated. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. I have a waiver claim in for him right now for Michael Gallup I'm dropping. Wow. That's crazy uh, that you're dropping Michael Gallup. How dare you? That's very upsetting to me as uh, the resident Michael Gallup truther. But I understand. Uh, he's not very good. No, I'm just kidding. He's very good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this doesn't really boost Tom Brady for me. It does, I guess, it does hurt Nikhil Harry um, for me. 
um, because um, it, those, those targets that, you know, those those evacuated Gronk targets are going to get spread to Josh Gordon primarily and Nikhil Harry secondarily. So it does hurt a guy that was kind of a dart throw for me. I probably won't be throwing that dart. But um, other than that, yeah, it doesn't change Tom Brady for me. And, and Josh Gordon will be he'll be one of those guys that will be nice while he's around kind of a, uh, uh, a Jordan Reed type where, uh, you know, while he's there, he'll be good. But you don't know when he'll be there. So. All right, so we do have a little bit of other news uh, for it. Uh, Zeke still holding out. There's reports that he got on an airplane to Dallas that those have been debunked. Josh Gordon still holding out. Jo- uh, Todd Gurley's knee still functional. So those are the three things we have to talk about every episode. So now that they're out of the way, we'll talk about the fourth thing we have to talk about every episode. I think when I sent you guys the notes on Friday, I said Andrew Luck que- uh, dead question mark. And now over with news over the weekend, it's I changed it in mind to Andrew Luck alive question mark. Because, uh, let's see here, um, I'll just run really quick down the news updates around Andrew Luck's leg. Uh, August 5th, he believes he'll be ready for week one with a calf injury. So pay attention to this progression. August 9th, the Colts are confident and optimistic Optimistic Luck will be ready for week one. August 12th, Andrew Luck won't practice this week. August 13th at 9 a.m., Andrew Luck uh, has, quote, a small little bone issue, per Jim Mersey. August 13th at 8 p.m., Andrew Luck's ankle, quote, needs to be addressed, according to Jim Ballard. And then August 14th, there was a random report where he doesn't have an ankle sprain. Then August 14th, Frank Reich was like, head coach of the Colts was like, hey, uh, we'll figure out when we'll pick a quarterback after week three of the preseason. Week, And then August 15th, there's guarded optimism that Luck will be ready for week one. And then this weekend, there's some pregame video of Andrew Luck doing some drills, and now everybody thinks that he's okay. So... Mike, you're the, the the Colts fan here. What is going on with Andrew Luck? I don't know. I think I think we might need a Scooby Doo and the gang on this because it it is even even like Jim Mersey can't even uh, talk about it. it it's ankleish and it's a, 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 some kind of bone thing. And it, it, I don't know if they're playing games or what the situation is, but. I, I tell you, I saw that video of Andrew Luck, and the dude was mobile. He didn't look like he was in any pain. So, I mean, obviously, that's like a short, short, short uh, glimpse of, of what it is. It doesn't mean that, you know, he does it five times and he's in pain. We don't know. But uh, I think that you you need to downgrade him um, in your rankings uh, in, until we find out more information just because – we we this this injury this unknown injury could be anything and there comes a point in the draft where you're like okay well enough is enough and i need to get him that that's pretty much where i would draft him maybe seventh uh on the list but uh until until we find out more you just can't take any chances what i did was because i was stuck with him in the third round my home league is i i was fortunate enough to grab cam newton with uh i think like the 10th quarterback and I think that's pretty much where his ADP is around this time is around the 10th quarterback. So that might be a angle uh, for for listeners. If you want to just take a chance on Andrew Luck, look at someone like Cam Newton, um, that kind of player to sort of back it up just in case Andrew Luck can't go. All right, Evan, what uh, what uh, did this injury situation due to Luck's uh, uh, auction value for you? Did it change it too much? I mean, it would you're you you down price quarterback so much that I can't imagine it changing more than a couple dollars, but that's also like, you know, 15% of his cost 
changed, but what what did it do for his price for you? I'm gonna when the next update rolls around, drop him down from ten dollars to two dollars. Whoa, down to two bucks, huh? My fantasy teams are like a microchip factory. There cannot be a fleck of dirt on a player. If there's a chance that he's gonna miss significant time, then I don't factor that into price. I just put him at a price where I'll never get him. Wow. Okay. Can I can I can I haggle you? Can I haggle you up to four bucks? Where do where would four bucks put him? Uh, in what range in your in your auction values? I had a, like twenty of the twenty eight quarterbacks. Really. Uh, let's see here. It would put him right about just below Cam Cam Newton. Okay. Yeah. So like like what Mike said, maybe tenth. All right. So I'm gonna haggle him up to four bucks for you. And then for me, I have him. I got him. In my projections, I didn't change it. He's still four for me in my projections, but um, on my ranks that are going to go up on the site this week, question mark. <laughs> That's the plan, at least. Um, Tomorrow, the, uh, they came out today. Oh, they came the out today. Should've, they should have. I had scheduled. Oh, okay. I uh, I uh, I built shelves today, and I fixed a toilet today, so I've been off the internet, so I, uh, I haven't checked the site today, so... That's on me. Um, but I have, um, I think, quarterback nine uh, right behind uh, 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 Kirk Cousins ahead of like uh, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, who Cam Newton needs to move up, I do believe. But he's in that same sort of range for me, like a back end quarterback one, because if he plays, you, you got to factor that in. But you also got to factor in the fact that he's not going to play. But since it's such a shallow position, then, yeah, I'll take him at the back end of quarterback ones, you know. Yeah, forward, put him on my list at four dollars and put him at 10th. Right where Dak Prescott is, just ahead of Jameis Winston, and just behind Ben Roethlisberger, preview, and Russell Wilson. Ah, okay. So, yeah, we're all in the same ballpark here. Okay, perfect. That's great radio. When everybody talks and talks and ultimately agrees, that's great radio. <laughs> so, all right. I tried disagreeing with you guys, and I came out ahead of everybody. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, disagreeing. Uh, Evan came out swinging and uh, probably shouldn't have. <laughs> so, all right. So it's uh, it's uh, preseason week two right now. One of the reasons why we kind of delayed this from Friday until Monday is uh, we had a chance to get some more information. And uh, Mike took down notes about every single preseason game. And uh, he's got two things that he that he, he kind of saw that he he wants to talk about. Um, first thing is uh, Le'Veon Bell and the Jets offensive line. Uh, so, Mike, what do you. What did you see? What are you thinking about the Jets' offensive line here when it comes to Le'Veon Bell? So this has been sort of an ongoing situation, even dating back to prior to preseason, and that their their offensive line has been going through a major transition. Uh, they brought in Ryan Khalil. They've got injuries, uh, and nobody is playing. Nothing. That starting core unit is not playing together. So you have what you literally have backups and third-tier offensive linemen up front blocking for Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell. And they go through different practices. And you, you could trace this back on, on NFL.com and go over their preseason notes. And you could see, like, every practice is a different unit. Uh, they're trying this and trying that. And then so far, what we've seen is not a very good protection uh, for the running backs and for Sam Darnold. And that's because, A, injuries, and B, no cohesiveness. Uh, so I'm, I'm literally worried that a bad offensive line to start with, I mean, this is, this is coming into this year was one of the worst 
offensive line to start with. Now you have injuries and no cohesiveness on top of a bad offensive line. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't like it. I think Le'Veon Bell is is going to struggle. Uh, so keep your eye on how this offensive line progresses if they can get their act together and actually get these starters out there to to gel and see if Le'Veon Bell what he can do. I think he's going to play next week, so that would be a good good indication on where they're at. So if you haven't drafted, definitely pay attention if your interest is in Le'Veon Bell on how he can do next week if he does play. Okay, yeah, so um, all of his time with the Steelers, he most of the time, I think there was a a down year in there, he had one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So I think that um, his style, his, his, like, patience and his his he comes to almost a stop and then bursts out of it i think behind a bad offensive line that could become a problem because um you know that style works when they're waiting for blockers when there's actually competent blockers ahead of you but if you just have if you know you uh all of a sudden just are overwhelmed then Le'Veon bell's running style might not work well um behind that line and and i mean he's still i assume he's still great uh he didn't play last year, but um, that is kind of a concern and kind of a worry. And uh, I think that's kind of baked into his draft price because, you know, he was a top three running back every year in Pittsburgh. But um, with his new offensive line, it could be uh, a problem. And, and you know, the the best running backs in the world can't overcome a, a horrible offensive line. Just ask David Johnson last year. Um, but Evan, what is the, what do you think about Le'Veon Bell and this Jets offensive line, uh, compared to the, uh, the Steelers one is that, have you already priced that in or is, is the steel or the Jets bad, uh, preseason showing, um, causing you some concern? Yeah, that was always the question. When you look at the Jets, their offensive coordinator, who I'm going to argue about later, isn't, isn't, is notorious for, having sluggish offenses. I think that's why, though, uh, most everyone has Le'Veon Bell in the high 40s. Because if he had a decent offensive line, he's got the skill, and he's got a year of rest. He could easily uh, bust out. But now we're wondering if if maybe this is this is a bridge too far for even him. Yeah, and, and I think it's kind of one of those things like with um, Andrew Luck, where it's like, uh, you know, he talent could overcome everything else, but um, it could still be a huge problem for him, and and that's kind of been been priced in. So he's one of those guys that uh, isn't gonna go where he's ranked. He's either gonna go, he's either gonna end up ranked five spots ahead or five spots behind. Um, but uh, we've kind of placed him in the middle. He's not he's not really gonna end up in that position, I don't think, because um, either he overcomes this Jets offensive line or it really drags him down. Is my sort of my my take on the. The Lev Bell situation. The, the one thing that I've noticed is that he's going in the first round. And mm-hmm. I I would not. Uh, I mean, maybe at 12. But at this point, I, I could not pick him um, any any higher than 11 or 12. OK, Evan, uh, how much uh, how much cash are you throwing at Lev Bell? 50. 50. I'm not, feeling, I'm not feeling good about it. Mike's Mike's kind of talked me out of it. So I might knock him down to 46 or 47. I got to think about it. Okay. Where does that put him uh, around? What guys for you? That puts him right at. Uh, definitely out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never liked him in the first round. I'm behind Mike. That would put him down. Oof. 
That would put him behind Joe Mixon and Carryon Johnson and Nick Chubb. Wow. Right ahead okay. of Melvin Gordon. So that's a uh, yeah, that feels right. I like Johnson then Chubb then Mixon then well, Mixon and Bell I might put in the same value. I love being able to hedge my bet. <laughs> just uh just uh don't don't worry about putting one ahead of the other just make them the same dollar dollar value that'll work well they uh, pretty much have the same kind of offensive line both are just garbage yeah that's true that's that's not a not a bad call so um so there's another team that whose offensive line is is garbage and we kind of saw it on full display on espn on thursday night and that's the cardinals so mike also wanted to highlight the cardinals vis-a-vis um Kyler Murray. I hope you guys like that usage of vis-a-vis. So what uh what bothered you about the the Cardinals offensive line and Kyler Murray? And it's kind of obvious if you watch the game, but I'm setting you up to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Well, last week, the, the I shouldn't say last week because that, that's the game against the Raiders. Preseason week one, he looked okay. I mean, he, he was getting rushed out of the pocket. He moved around. Uh, going right to left, mostly to the right, and dumping the ball off to David Johnson. So he looked okay doing that. Uh, you know, he didn't he didn't appear to be someone that's a rookie. You know, label him as a rookie. He he looked all right. So everybody said, okay, well maybe we have something here with Kyler Murray. And then preseason week two against the Raiders, uh, they just blitzed the heck out of him. Just just sort of like what the Ravens did. In the playoff game against Lamar Jackson, the Raiders said, okay, let's try this uh, on this guy. And he was awful. He just, he could not handle it. He he was getting blitzed. He fell down in the end zone for a safety. Uh, he just was out of his element. And there you're like, okay, this guy's a rookie. So if the Raiders can blitz the heck out of, out of Kyler Murray and uh, – who who knows what Steelers can do and all these other top defenses. So I'm officially worried about Kyler Murray because of the protection. He seems like he's going to be running for his life. So this is either good for two people. It's either good for David Johnson because it's going to be drop-off city, um, or it's going to be good for those intermediate uh, pass, pass, rusher, uh, pass catchers such as Christian Kirk, and those kind of guys. Uh, so because there, there's just not going to be enough time for Kyler Murray to drop back in and throw the deep one. Aren't yeah. you being too harsh on him? For I mean, he went up against the stout Raiders defense, who would make anyone look <laughs> like an idiot. That's a uh, that's a, a top four uh, uh, um, pick on that defensive lineman, huh? <laughs> I don't even. What was it? I? I'm I'm not messing with you, Evan. I don't even remember his name. What was it? Farrell? Oh, oh dude. I, I, is that it? I, yeah, just, I just remember I heard the pick and then I woke up on the floor, a pool of blood around my ear. <laughs> Every, everything, yeah. Everything went white. Uh, it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, like I told you then, I mean, look, we both got top three defensive linemen in the draft. I don't see what the problem is. You know, Bosa, Quinnen Williams, and, and Cleveland Farrell, all three, uh, you know top uh, defensive line talent so um, obviously that's the order they went so all right so that's <laughs> that's been kind of the the news for preseason week two that that Mike wanted to highlight uh, Mike you you put a whole report together and where can where can folks find that this week uh, expand the box score 
expand the box score. So Mike broke down every single game. He gave us some great notes, and uh, those were the things he kind of wanted to, to talk about and to highlight. Except for there's one game not on there right now. It's because it hasn't been played yet. It's uh, the Niners and the Broncos on Monday Night Football. If I get distracted, it's because we're recording it right now. I was literally just looking at Jimmy G doing warm-ups on ESPN. So uh, if I seem a little bit distracted, it's because my uh, my 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 handsome man is going to be on my my uh, my second screen here. So um, before we get to the main event, which uh, we we do some rank uh, callouts, some rank discussions. Um, I want to talk to you guys about Draft.com. So Draft.com is the one and only sponsor of the show. Um, they are uh, a best ball uh, league that's drafted like a snake draft. So uh, what best ball is, is uh, all you do is draft. There's no salary cap. Um, it's like a real life snake draft you do with your friends, except for Evan, because Evan does auction. Um, you pick your players and every week the system picks the guys who scored the most points for you so you don't have to deal with that thing where on sunday morning it's 9 55 pacific um and you're 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 sitting there you're like which which one of these running backs do i put in you know am i putting in godwin or christian kirk or uh curtis samuel for my second wide receiver slot what do i do what do i do one of these guys goes in flex i don't know and then inevitably you make the wrong decision well with best ball you don't have to make that decision your roster is set after you you're done drafting. Um, there's no trades, no waiver wire, and you don't even set your lineup each week. Your best players automatically get started and you'll get the best score guaranteed because literally that's how the software works. Um, so drafts also uh, in the throws right now of a $3.5 million best ball league. Um, that one's already started. So you can't join that, but there are leagues that start. You can hop in and start a league uh, for as little as a dollar um, within 10 minutes and you can do sh- uh, slow drafts where you have a 8, 10, 12-hour timer to do your um, to do your draft, or you can do a regular draft, which I accidentally I accidentally joined uh, that on the way to Napa last weekend with uh, with my friends. I accidentally joined a regular draft, and it was fine. I was in the car with them. I was just you know chatting. Uh, I get a little notification on my phone. I'd go in, make my selection. Luckily, I picked at the turn, so I'd make my two picks, put it back in my pocket, and you know be able to to hang out with my friends for you know five, ten more minutes before it's my turn to pick again. Real easy. Um, so right now, um, what you can do is you can join me on draft today on draft today. There's two ways you could do it. One, you can download the app at any time. Um, just search draft in the app store on Apple or the play store on Google, and you can be in a draft within 10 minutes. If you do that, uh, let them know we sent you a promo code absurdity. Uh, you'll get a $3 token. And, uh, like I said, if you send us your, um, username, to footballabsurdity at gmail.com. You'll also get a free copy of our draft kit. Um, if you want to sign up through the website, just let them know we sent you. There'll be a promo code section. Again, promo code absurdity. And send us a, uh, an email with your username. You'll also get a free draft kit through us uh, when you deposit. So um, come play with us. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, again, it's draft.com, promo code absurdity. And um, if you sign up using that promo code, deposit cash, you'll also get a $7 draft kit and a $3 token that you can use for a $3 game on draft.com all right boys you guys ready for the main event fight me ready to rumble all right so evan said fight me so i'm gonna fight evan all right so what we did for this is um the ranks that are going up um we took a look at our ranks and and we 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 each picked one guy for for each other analyst that um we we strongly disagree with uh, with their ranking, and then we berate the person. The person gets five minutes to cry and try to defend themselves unsuccessfully, and then we move on to the next person. Does that sound good, guys? No. Fight me. All right. So first up, I'm going to call out Evan. 
There's a quarterback that Evan ranked as the eighth quarterback. Uh, his name is Ben Roethlisberger. Um, some folks call him Big Ben. Some folks call him Big Benghazi, which is something that made me laugh extremely hard when I saw this week. Big Benghazi. Um, Evan has him as quarterback eight. I have him as quarterback 22. So, Evan, what made you think that uh, Ben Roethlisberger only has seven quarterbacks that should be taken ahead of him? Okay, it's like, you guys get down on me because I'm so negative and I believe in nothing. I'm like a pessimist, absurdist, nihilist. So I said, okay, maybe maybe I shouldn't live a negative, negative life, you know? So I really looked inside myself. I flew to the, Tibet, did some meetings with the Dalai Lama. And Dr. I found, Strange over here. I found that that place inside me where I've locked away the ability to hope. And you know what? I let that child out to play. And the first thing he said was, Ben Roethlisberger. And I thought, huh, everyone's down on Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe I will choose this person to believe in for once in my life. After all, he gets the volume. He gets about 600 passes a year. He's still got a top five wide receiver in my book in Juju Schuster, whatever it is. <laughs> and I... Uh, and he always makes the wide receiver two happen no matter where it is. He's got the same coaching staff. He's got a great offensive line. I do it. Okay, I'm going to put myself out there. I believe in Ben Roethlisberger. And I come to you with my heart in my hand, and you just slap it out. Just I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. Well, I mean, it is appropriate that you listen to a, ch a literal child, apparently, in your ranking of uh, Ben Roethlisberger as quarterback eight. Uh, no, because not Antonio Brown, the one inside me. <laughs> oh boy uh so yeah a, a little bitter there as a raiders fan uh, a little bit antonio brown heat um i'm just gonna give you some numbers evan um quarterback four last season quarterback six in 2014 uh going back to 2010 um those are the only times that ben roethlisberger was better than 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 quarterback nine and you have him going into this season ranked as quarterback eight. Um, and this comes off the heels of 675 passing attempts, which, as you said, he passes the ball about 600 times a year. I like to round up to Evan because it's only 590. Um, that's per 16 games. He gets hurt every year. We have to do it per 16 games because he's constantly missing two or three games a season. So that's your that's your uh, your uh, your quarterback eight there. A guy who has passed 600 pass attempts once in the last four years and twice in the last decade a guy who has more pass more seasons with pass attempts under 500 than over 550 over the last half decade or over the last decade he's 37 and a half years old he has no um antonio brown and the hype machine has his second biggest target being vance mcdonald of all people vance mcdonald evan and this is, the, this is the this is the man you're putting your faith in. I'm not putting now, my faith in Vance McDonald. Don't you are Evan. You are putting your faith in Vance McDonald's. You're putting your fantasy life in, in Vance McDonald's very awful hands. You that's what you're doing. Counterpoint. He lost Antonio Brown. Addition by subtraction. No more distraction. It rhymes, so you know it's true. So what you're saying is is uh, Derek Carr's. Not not set for a great season, huh? I mean, I'm a Raider fan, and I hate life, so... So, of course yeah. not. So, I hate Raiders. All right. 
try it. All right. So, I mean, he's he's finished as quarterback eight, like I said. I just can't believe a, a, a 15th-year quarterback with <laughs> a great wide receiver and a great line and a great system is just all of a sudden going to drop off the face of the earth. Well, I mean, you have to – I think his upside was was seen last year with quarterback four. That, that's literally the best he's done over the last decade. And he's only gotten there twice because he's 37. Like you said, he's been in the league for 15 years and he's missed, you know, 600 games roughly. Um, Don't fact check me, but he's missed 600 games in that time span. Retyping and, rapidly. <laughs> what's that? Did you hear me just punching away on my keyboard there? Yeah. <laughs> Don't fact check me. This is a no fact check podcast. Um, And he's missed all those games. and He's old as dirt. And I mean, he can cobble together a wide receiver too, but I mean, Don, I, here are his options. James Washington, who's built like a running back, Dante Moncrief, who, um, his best skill in the NFL has been playing with Andrew Luck or Deontay Johnson, who we don't know anything about. He's a rookie and we all know how rookies wide, wide receivers go. So it's those guys and Vance McDonald. What about rookie wide receivers named Johnson? What? What about rookie wide receivers named Johnson? Evan, what about rookie wide receivers named Johnson? Well, I recall one named Megatron Johnson who did quite well. <laughs> All right. So by the transitive property, I take that back because of the, the last name Johnson. I, I take mean, if back you're going to throw around Vance McDonald as if I like him, I'm going to go there. Evan, you love Vance McDonald. I can't put it any other way. I'm sorry. Also... Let's. I just muted myself when I meant to talk. Also, let's fact check. I will show you the plane tickets to Tibet. There we go. <laughs> all right. All right. So that that uh that kind of that kind of petered out there. But um but all right. So um I called out Evan. Apparently, I put this in the order. Where now I'm gonna fight Mike. Um. So Mike, you are the resident Curtis Samuel hater. Okay. You, I can't go five minutes talking to you without you going Curtis Samuel and then you like make this weird face and you like spit on the ground and then you do some <laughs> incantation where you're like cursing him I think like some sort of like Roma gypsy curse I don't know I don't know it's weird I didn't want to ask about it but now I kind of got to bring it up because you have him ranked as wide receiver 31 he's getting all this buzz in camp he ended the season strong so Mike what is wrong with you why do you hate Curtis Samuel so much Mostly because he's an Ohio State product, and and anybody from Ohio. State, <laughs> I'm not in this fight. Why are you reading me into it? <laughs> Got him. Um. Oh, by the way, Evan, you should check your Facebook. I sent you something. Um. So, anyways, the you know I I honestly think that it's going to come down to two situations. Okay. Curtis Samuel and um the other guy. My my guy, the 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 number one guy, DJ, DJ Moore. Moore. DJ I Moore. got you. Certainly seem to love him a lot. <laughs> I, I do. I, I uh, so I was looking over the the games uh, early on before Newton was injured, and the only the only receiver he actually targeted uh, during that time, outside of Christian McCaffrey, of course, is was Devin Funches. So. There's, I, I don't think there's, there's a lot of room uh, outside of two receivers. Christian McCaffrey, of course, is probably going to catch the most balls. He's probably going to be the, the number one receiver, and that leaves only one other guy. 
And so you have to look at either Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore. Well, looking at, at Cam Newton's previous games last year, you'll see, as I mentioned, he went to Devin Funches. Well, who's more like Devin Funches, but only a, gr- a lot better? I was going to say, who's, who, I was going to say, so you're, what you're saying is DJ Moore is bad because you're trying to see who's like Devin Funches. Yeah, yeah, that, that would not be a good angle. Um, so DJ Moore with the height and better speed and better hands than Devin Funches is is the same kind of player, but obviously a lot better. So DJ Moore is going to step in Devin Funches' shoes, going to get those targets, the seven targets, catch four balls. I, I just really see Curtis Samuel as someone that, that's more of a gadget kind of guy, someone that they're going to hand the ball off to a couple times during the game, someone that, that is, you know, wide open because he's, you know, sprinting down the field. But all those are good and exciting plays, but they don't put enough points on the board for you to put Curtis Samuel above DJ Moore. Okay. is that's That's your defense? That is my defense. I call it the Mike loves Devin Funches defense. Um, all right, so here's here's a here again. Uh, Evan, what did I destroy you with? Vance McDonald. Facts and numbers and reason. All right, Mike, are you ready? Are you ready for some numbers? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear the numbers. So. You brought up Devin Funches. So there was a point where Devin Funches got hurt, and when he came back, the Panthers said, Devin, thank you for your time. It's been wonderful. But why don't you have a seat here on the bench? Because we, we have this have new DJ guy. DJ Moore. No, DJ Moore was there. But we have this new guy. This new guy, his name is Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel had was a, uh, a, a second-round pick in, in, in 2017. He'd gotten hurt his, his rookie year. He, did, he wasn't able to do much. Um, and he said, all right, Curtis, do your thing. So from week 13 onward, when they placed uh, um, Devin Funches in his, in his really the position he's best suited at, which is left bench warmer, um, on the in the league, that Curtis Samuel was number 18 in targets, number 20 in receiving yards, number 26 in receptions. He had the 13th most air yards and the 24th highest market share of air yards. He got 32 percent of the air yards that Cam Newton threw from week 13 onward. That's a full 10% more than DJ Moore got. So really, you say that uh, Curtis Samuel is the gadget guy, and Mike, I propose to you, the gadget guy is DJ Moore. He's the guy getting the screen passes. He's the guy getting the short yardage passes. It's DJ Moore. Now, um, a lack of touchdowns kept Curtis Samuel in that 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 wide receiver 30 to 31 range. That's correct. That's because he only had two touchdowns in that in that span. But he had seven touchdowns on the year. So it really was just a matter of when the touchdowns came. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that aside for him. But these numbers: 18 in targets, 13th in air yards, 20th in receiving yards. That's what I'm looking for in a breakout uh, uh, wide receiver. And you cannot. Swing a dead cat, which, first of all, if you're swinging dead cats, gross. Put that cat down. Call animal control. But you can't swing a dead cat without hitting somebody, giving you good news about Curtis Samuel this preseason. It, it's peop- it's it's other teams' uh, beat writers are saying, oh, my God, Curtis Samuel looks amazing. They have no reason to hype him up. Do you know why he looks amazing? Do you know why they're saying it, Mike? Do you know why? Because he's small. Because he is amazing. 
because he is amazing. He's the new Vince Carter, even though Vince Carter is inexplicably still playing. He's the new half man, half amazing. Okay, that's Curtis Samuel. He's gonna he's gonna make you eat your words, saying that he's a gadget guy. You know what I say, Mike? Go go gadget wide receiver too. That's what I that that's the kind of gadget that I got out of Curtis Samuel for you. Okay, go go gadget wide receiver too. How are you going to put him at wide receiver two when he's going to catch maybe two passes, three touchdowns, and have 50 per, yards receiving? Per game? That's amazing. Three touchdowns and 50 yards receiving per game? I'll take it. Well, yeah, but it's not three <laughs> touchdowns per game. No. Evan. Evan Those are I got Vance McDonald kind of numbers, man. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. two, uh, Vance McDonald, two receptions on 12 targets. Um, so, all right. So that's, uh, that's, oh boy. I just looked up to see, uh, uh, Jimmy G throw an interception in preseason. That's not great. That's not great at all. Okay. Um, so, all right, guys, now that I'm mad about Jimmy G, um, we're going to move on. No, Nick Mullins is worse than Jimmy G. So, um, so, all right, Mike, I took you to, took you behind the woodshed about, um, (laughs) About Curtis Samuel. So what do you have to say to me about my rank of Nick Chubb? I have Nick Chubb as running back 17. I understand I'm the outlier here. Mike, you have him as running back 8. I understand that that's probably, you know, if you want to be a lemming and go on with the industry, that's where you'd put Nick Chubb. But, you know, if you actually look into your heart and believe in yourself, then you would put him at around running back 17. But sure, Mike, go ahead. Call me out. See what you. I'll, I'll see what you have to say about that. Okay, so w- w- number one, we have a small sample size about Nick Chubb. Okay, uh, that that's understandable. But what I I don't understand is is let me ask you a question. Okay, do you have him at seventeen because you think he's going to get hurt, or or what? No, I want to. That's uh, uh it, it, I, you're not going to bring facts. You're going to start questioning me. First, well, I, I, I just can't figure out why there, there's like no reason on this earth for him to be on running back 17 unless you think you're putting into an injury factor there, which, OK, let's we'll, we'll get to that. Maybe. Um, so I'll tell you why he's a running back eight. OK, number one, they, they get rid of, of the coaches and they get rid of the players. Carlos Hyde, see you later. Uh, Hugh Jackson, see you later. Why? Because Chubb can get the job done. Oh, he can't pass. He he can't he can't catch the ball. No, 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 no. He he's only a straight line runner. Oh, so what does he do? Oh, let's get rid of Duke Johnson because guess what? Nick Chubb can actually catch the ball okay. So you you have all these players that are just getting cut and released and coaches and everything else and saying, okay, this is all revolving around Nick Chubb. He can run greatly, he can now catch. Uh, he's playing in a great offense with Cleveland, which is surprising as heck. So in, in no way in the world outside of injury will Nick Chubb be anything less than a running back eight. Okay. Um, Mike, you bracing yourself? Evan, you bracing yourself? I'm bracing. I'm going to vote on who the winner of this fight he's, is. He's the second best running back on his own team. Now that running back that's better than him is going to be suspended for most of the year, so he will produ- or most of the fantasy football season. So he will produce during those times. But when you need him in the fantasy playoffs, he is going to be the second best player, the second best running back on his own team, and 
he will be in a timeshare at best during the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt has a better, uh, he's a better goal line back. He converted a higher percentage of his uh, carries within the five for touchdowns last season. He had a higher yards per carry than Nick Chubb over the course of both of their careers. His catch percentage is 9% higher and his yards per catch is three, three yards per catch higher. So in every respect for production, Kareem Hunt is a better running back than Nick Chubb. So, and, and knowing what they knew about his bad, you know, press that they get for signing him, the Browns went out and got Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb already on their team, which make Duke Johnson ex- expendable to your point. So the reason I have Nick Chubb as running back 17, which if there was no, no suspension to Kareem Hunt, he would probably be running back 20 for me is because he is going to be in a timeshare when playoffs come. And you are going to be so happy with Nick Chubb for the first 10 weeks of the season, and he will cost you your championship when it comes because he is going to be in that timeshare with, with timeshare with Kareem Hunt, and he will be the worst running back of the two because we have already have a sample that what we've seen is Kareem Hunt is a better running back than Nick Chubb overall. So that's why I have Nick uh, Nick Chubb as running back 17 because he is going to hurt you in the playoffs. But you you don't even know that you you don't know if if Hunt is a better running back than Chubb. I mean it looks that way, but Chubb Chubb has, is just a rookie. He he was stifled by Hugh Jackson's uh, horrible offense and play calling. So we got we have a totally new better offensive system that is looked. I mean, spectacular during the preseason. I mean, Baker Mayfield has just driven the team down. I mean, this offense looks like everything that we thought would be on paper. Uh, we have such a small sample size with Nick Chubb. And you're going to say that Cream Hunt's better, uh, which possibly can be, but we, we certainly don't know that. And then not only is he going to come in week 10, but you also got to give him a couple weeks to to get back into football shape. You got to – so – you're, you're talking so a, a so so he game. comes back in week so he's he's full bore in week 12 my point about the fancy playoffs still stands okay but you have to get to the playoffs so okay if if you're if you're passing up on nick chubb because of cream hunt later down in the season in case nick uh cream hunt um overtakes nick chubb or, or they split the carries or do whatever then you're passing up on value, and you cannot get to the playoffs if you're passing up on value. Therefore, that Nick Chubb's value supremely outweighs that that ranking where you have him. You're 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 discounting him way too much, and that is going to hurt your overall team. Um, are you are you playing to to make it to the playoffs? Okay, two things. One, are you playing to make it to the playoffs or win the playoffs? Because he can get you the playoffs, but he's going to be a roster black hole, and you're going to feel obligated to put him onto your roster for his four fantasy points that he gets you. Second, he had a higher yards per carry with Hugh Jackson than without him. Uh, so this like uh, you know Hugh Jackson held him down. He had a 10.8 yards per carry because he had a he had his second most or third most rushing yards in a game with Hugh Jackson. Um, so. It's one of those things where he didn't, you know, Hugh Jackson didn't really hold him down. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. He had uh, uh, not, that was, he still was under Hugh Jackson for two more games after that. So he had six yards per per carry um, under Hugh Jackson. So Hugh Jackson didn't really hold him down. Um, it, it was, he didn't have a lot of, of carries, but the carries he had were, were fine. 
But my point is roster construction. You're saying I'm passing value. Drafting anybody in a top 10 at their position um, that you have, you know, draft quarterback eight put, or running back eight puts him in the first two rounds. That's not value. I'm not passing up value by not drafting Nick Chubb there. What I'm doing is sidestepping a landmine that I'm going to have to worry about in weeks 14, 15, and 16. Because, um, you know, you play to win the game. And and if Nick Chubb was a fourth-round pick, that is scooping up the value. That I can work around, you know, when the playoffs come. But when he's the number two guy on my team, I'm I'm not paying that price for him. That's, like, full stop. I'm not paying that price for Nick Chubb. And kind of like Evan said about um, uh, Andrew Luck, where he's like, I put him at a point where I'm not going to get him. That's what I did with Nick Chubb. I put him at a point where I'm not going to get him. And if I do get him, oh, my God, that'll be incredible value. But I'm not willing to spend a second-round pick on it because – you know, I'm not going to worry about or I'm 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 not going to put a landmine onto my roster with my second pick. And but that's who, what I see with Nick Chubb is a landmine. Who, who isn't a landmine with their with the second pick? I mean, Odell Beckham. You, you, oh, we don't Mike, we don't know what's going to happen with Odell Beckham. He might get in a fight with another kicking net. Well, first of all, Odell Beckham, I mean, the biggest worry with Odell Beckham is he misses four games a season. But if your argument is we don't know, we don't know anything. I mean, the, <laughs> we, we don't know anything. This is what I know. Kareem Hunt is better than Nick Chubb, and they're on the same roster. That's what I know. know that. No, no, no. You don't know that either. Yes, I do. How, how do you know that? Because Nick Chubb can't catch a football. He, he certainly did okay um, catching the football with Cleveland in his rookie year, which they never really gave him an opportunity because they thought that he couldn't catch the ball. Now, all of a sudden, you, you think that they're going to get rid of Duke Johnson because he, he Duke can't Johnson catch the ball? His, what, Duke Johnson fought his way off the roster. He said he did not want to be there. He repeatedly said it. He said he did not want to be there. He was not going to play for the, the Browns this year. It wasn't like they just went, oh, we don't need him anymore. It's It's all over. He did not want to be there. Right. And, 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 and you know why he didn't want to be there? Probably because he knew he wasn't going to be actively involved in the offense anymore because Nick Chubb was going to get a lot of those uh, pass attempts. OK, so you're betting. So Nick Chubb didn't pa catch passes in college. Nick Chubb didn't catch passes his first year in the NFL. So you're betting your num your second round pick on the fact that out of nowhere, he's just going to start catching passes. They're going to will that they're going to will that into existence. If, if he can get the job done, Absolutely. Okay, that'll be great for the first ten weeks of the season, but the point stands that he's not at. Okay, I will give he you. Got, he got he got twenty he got twenty receptions last year on twenty nine targets. Wow. Okay. Okay, but, doesn't sound great. Okay, doesn't sound great. But you got to remember when they started targeting him. They didn't they didn't really start targeting him until like the fifth or sixth week of the season. Okay, I the mean man, the man could catch forty passes. He could, but the problem is, is he's not going to get the opportunity to catch 40 passes because there is a better pass catching running back that will be on the roster and splitting time with him when the playoffs come. That's the point of my ranking. I, I, and, I, get, I get your point, but what you're doing is you're sacrificing your your play your playoff opportunity for being in the playoffs. You're you're putting the cart in front of the horse. Okay. Like I said. Do you want to make the playoffs or do you want to win in the playoffs? Because if Nick Chubb gets you to the playoffs, you're going to feel obligated to start him. If Nick Chubb gets you to gets you that far, and like you said, it takes two games for Kareem Hunt to work back into the offense, that's week 13. That's playoffs in some leagues. Are you going to put him out there knowing that he could end up getting 10 carries, 11 carries, 12 carries, two targets, and just completely tank your running back two slot? Because... 
He has a guy who I will stop saying Kareem Hunt is better than him. I'll 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 grant you that. I will say Kareem Hunt is his equal. And we, they went out and got him after they already had Nick Chubb on the roster. So with the bad press, they clearly intend to use him. So, you know, trying to deny that Kareem Hunt, when he's back and active, is a factor is really wallpapering over a big problem with Nick Chubb. That's how I feel about it. Okay, let, let's put it this way. Kareem Hunt has a, a checkered pass, not only for the reason he got suspended, but he also had an, uh, a, a confrontation with, with a couple people on some kind of crew. So there, there's a checkered pass with Kareem Hunt. Who says that because all this time off and he's not doing damn thing, um, waiting waiting to get reinstated, that he doesn't uh, get in a fight with a, a friend, girl, or or a guy or whoever and knock someone out, and then all of a sudden now he's he's not even on a team anymore. I mean, there, there's a story. So, so you're 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 betting the second round pick that Kareem Hunt is going to do more domestic violence is what you're saying to me. No, that what is I'm saying, wild. No, that is no, wild, no, no. Mike. You no, 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 I don't no, think it's my mission. To what make I'm him saying is more. there's a variability. There, there's too much of a variability of we don't know what there's too there's too many variabilities. Uh, he he domestic violence. He can do what he can get hurt. Um, uh, training. There, so can Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's gonna be facing live tackling. He's he stands a higher rate of getting hurt than Kareem Hunt. Of course. But yeah. What, I mean, what I'm saying what I'm saying is that you're you're putting the value. Before we even know what's happening, you're you're saying before the, even the product is made, you're saying this is going to cost five hundred dollars. Well, we don't know if it's going to cost five hundred dollars until we actually make the product. Mike, if the last two years the product cost five hundred dollars, why is it suddenly only going to cost two hundred dollars or one hundred dollars? To to because put your analogy, because because Kareem Hunt is a known commodity. He's a known talent. He's we a known know talent what, on on Kansas City. He's not a known talent anywhere else. He's not a known talent um, with, with anything. We we know what Andy Reid can do with running backs. There's a variability right there. I feel like this conversation has been going on for 14 weeks. You've you know been going what? on for 14 weeks. <laughs> all, all of my running backs will be injured week 14. doesn't matter who they are. Existence is a joke. The grim specter of death floats over every running back like the sword of Damocles. I hope that helps. You guys feel better. All right. Um, hold on one sec. All right. Now that me and Mike have gotten each other nice and uh, bloodied and broken and bruised, I'm going to take a back seat. And now it's time for Mike to argue with Evan for a little for a few rounds. So, um, Mike, um, you're going to you're going to do your next call out. You're going to call out Evan about his uh, running back one overall. Ezekiel Elliott rank. Mike, you have him running back five. I think I know why, but I want to hear you uh, um, proverbially. I want to hear you punch Evan in the face. All right, you ready? You ready for Evan? This is coming from like deep posts. I'm I'm winding up on this one. Um, I, he's going. He's going to do the Falcon punch. He's going to yeah. he's going to charge up. Uh, I, okay. How how can you place a, a running back one ranking? on some dude that we don't even know is a going to play B going to be perform to his, his capabilities because B, basing on the fact that he, he's not, he's, he's, I think 200 pounds. Uh, he's been sitting in, I think Cabo for whatever drinking and doing whatever. And 
you're going to place an, a number one ranking on some dude that is not even in shape and B is holding out. Yes, because I don't doubt that he will play. His contract is way closer to getting signed, according to sources, even though Dallas media likes to trump up minor statements by both sides as some giant war. The dude's a third year. He'll play. I like to buy people. That came out wrong. I like to pay for a player's future performance. (laughs) I like to buy people, Mike. So how much is it going to take to change your opinion? Uh, I like to play for futures, pay for futures, former. I mean, ah, nailed it. I like to pay for a player's future. uh, Easy for uh, you to say, right? Not, not the previous <laughs> stats. I'm doing great. I'm just coming out perfect in this argument. Evan's nailing uh, it. Doing great, Evan. <laughs> Mike hit me really hard. Um, so with the other three, top three people, I feel like we're paying more for the stats last year and not this year. I think all three offenses, Carolina, maybe not Carolina, but definitely uh, uh, New Orleans with uh, Kamara and the Giants with Barkley are going to take a step a little bit back or stay in the same. Whereas Dallas is poised to break out with a full year of, of, of Amari Cooper and the fourth year of uh, Dak Prescott, they're going to explode. And all of that runs through Ezekiel Elliott, who's 200 pounds of awesome muscle and has been drinking down the painkillers so he can just crush through injuries and play. It's going to be perfect. So you're saying he's going to need to be high, I guess, uh, on, on performance enhancers to actually do something. Yeah. <laughs> who isn't? Who, who isn't I? Who isn't high on performance enhancers right now? Well, obviously me because I'm stuttering over everything. But usually, I'm saying he's got that extra boost. He's eating the super mushroom. Or what's that other thing that Mario eats? Stars. Why does he eat stars? Why does he bang his head anyway. on bricks? I. <laughs> Yeah, except this star is blue, and it's going to be hitting, and other other defensive men are going to be eating it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that analogy kind of you kind of lost me there, but but star gives you power up when Mario eats it. Except defensive people are going to be eating the star on Ezekiel's helmet. Yeah, there, there it is. Okay. There it is. Cool. You brought it home. You landed Take the plane. Two. You Take landed two. it. There it is. Uh, <laughs> So, so, uh, so Mike, um, if Zeke signs tomorrow, is he still, is he your running back one? If he signs tomorrow, is this no. a contract thing or, Ooh, no, he, he's not, he's not a number of running back one, uh, above McCaffrey or Kamara, uh, or Barkley even, I mean, I might, I might etch him over Barkley, but no. Yeah. I, I, I have him at, I would have him one jump one up and put him at, uh, RB four. Wow. So so this holdout is is one running back slot for you. At what point does this holdout? So uh, is David Johnson your number four right now, or who's your number four? Yeah, David Johnson's number four. Okay. Okay. So the difference, the holdout is enough to to put David Johnson ahead of him. Interesting. 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 Yeah. I'm 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 like I'm like Evan here. I I don't believe he's going to be be out. If if he misses any games, it's probably going to go back to where when Emmett Smith. Uh, I don't remember exactly what year that was. Something in 1980, something probably. 1742. 1742. Uh, Emma Smith uh, had held out for three games. Dallas lost all three games, and Jerry Jones was like, oh, "I'm done with this." 
Edwards and signed uh, Emmett Smith. So I, I can I can maybe see him missing three games, but that's probably about it. Oh, uh, Evan, I think you were getting the um the so that 1742 thing. I think you were getting that holdout confused with um, when Edmund Haley, discoverer of Haley's Comet, um, died at age 85. I think that's what you were getting um, mixed that up there. That was a long holdout. That comet did not like <laughs> coming. And he's like, I will wait. I will wait. Until he can was wait it some more. seventy-two years? I think it is for Haley's Comet, or sixty-seven, something like I that. Eighty-six in the back of my mind, but that I don't know. That feels attached to that, but I don't know. Let's see, Haley's Comet every seventy-five years. So, oh, and uh, it came in eighty-six. So yeah, there's there's the uh, there's your holdout. But uh, but <laughs> okay, that that was good. That that threw me off that holdout thing. So did um, you just Google seventeen forty-two, or is this some piece of information that's taking up? space in your mind i have encyclopedic knowledge of things that happen in every single year provided you're not in the same room with me and you give me uh three to five seconds spare in front of a computer so i can google 1742 um so all right so um i think we put i think we put that to bed with mr zeke um it really it comes down to uh evan as we've established on this podcast is the optimist of all of us he said um earlier he said um, I'm always burned by being so optimistic. I think that's what you said when you were talking about Josh Gordon, right? Yep. All right. So now we have a little turnabout as fair play. Evan, you're going to call out Mike on his ranking. Uh, Evan has Drew Brees at quarterback 16, and Mr. Mike has him at quarterback 8. So, Evan, why don't you berate our friend Mike for a little bit? Mike, I mean no offense by this. But your ranking of Drew Brees is a hot enough take to scorch the sun, and you should just quit what you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had no. a noodle. Uh, uh, have you watched tape of him the last five games of 2018? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you watch him in the most important pass of the year, the pass in overtime of the NFC Championship, throw up a duck that went 15 yards short? Um. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe in somebody who might fall off the edge of the earth. You know me. That disappointment burns. It burns like the power, like the with the heat of a thousand mic takes right inside of me. <laughs> yeah, that's well, what I got. What? Why do you? Why do you like him? Make me well, love him. Okay, so basically, his efficiency has not changed whatsoever from week one through week 16 of last year, even though you do bring up a good point about him falling off, uh, it's it's all due relative, really, to the running game. As we saw two years ago, it was the running game that that uh, pretty much usurped all, all his, his touchdowns and why he only threw, I think, 24 touchdowns two years ago. Last year, he had a lot more. They, they uh, used the passing better. They got down the goal line, and he obviously had more touchdowns. He doesn't throw many uh, interceptions, and he's accurate as heck, and that's not going to change. What is worrisome and why I have him not in the top five is the fact of opportunities. They, the Saints are, are backing away from the 40,000-year-old Drew Brees, and putting the ball, rightfully so, in Alvin Kamara's hands. So, with that said, you, you, you have to take a little bit off. And that, that that's him going from five to eight. 
it's it's all about opportunity. So if if, if Kamara gets hurt, let's just say, then you're going to see a, a top top two or three quarterback out of Drew Brees because they're going to have to rely on him to a, a not only drive the ball down the field but get the ball into the end zone. Therefore, I have him at eight and not in the top five. Why didn't he act like a top two or three quarterback in the playoffs last year? Well, that 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 goes to a way playoff system is, is played. Uh, a lot of that is the the running game. Teams that do well in the playoffs are they they are able to run the ball, and because they ran the ball, there we go again with the reliance of not him getting the volume of passes, but giving the ball to Kamara and Ingram. I've been watching a lot of tape of him late in last season because I love human suffering. And he makes a lot of weird, non-breezian decisions. He uh, underthrows people on screens. He's definitely lost his deep ball. And I'm starting to suspect he is not eating his Wheaties. Well, if, if, you, look at, if you look at his completion percentage over the last two years, 74 and 72, which is the highest he's had in his career. Is that uh, I'm pulling up his completion percentage for the last five games here on oh good it's on NFL.com so I'm sure it won't randomly lag to load a billion moving ads <laughs> here we go uh, percentage uh, it looks like it was a uh, high 60s so point you point you it started off 82 80 80 57 for some weird reason 90 and the last Seven games. It was 68, 64, 77, 65, 69, 74. Nice. So it 69. definitely fell, it fell off. But I'm not going to say that's a point in my favor because still 70% is pretty good. So basically, as I was saying, the, the change is this. When he's gone from 456 passes for 28, 471 to the last two years. 386 and then 364 last year. So he he threw 20 passes less last year than he did. The, your your numbers and, are great. You mean completions though? I'm sorry, you're correct. Uh, completions. Um, but in in reverse, instead of throwing six 673 passes, he's thrown 536 and then 486. So it's really just coming down to him throwing the ball in that volume, and that's what's hurting his his production is the volume. But they've got the Lactavius Murray now to eat up even more volume, and they got rid of stinky Mark Ingram, who couldn't run the ball very well, except when, you know... He ran the know, ball? 90, 90% of the time he ran the ball. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I just fear, I just fear the Brett Favre t- drop-off, the Peyton Manning drop-off, Quarterbacks are so plentiful. I feel like why take a gamble on one that's that's that that could have shown that he's done. Yeah. All right, well, boys. I, I Mike, think... Mike, make your point, and then we'll move on to the next okay. one. Yeah. Right. I, I have some good news for you too when you're done. Okay. So basically, th- this is how I see it. I I see him finishing around eight, but I I probably would draft him where where you have him. I forgot where where do you have him at eleven. 16 oh no no yeah that yeah i i don't see him falling that far so unless you're just completely avoiding him then 
yeah, 16 is way too low for me. I'll pay $1. That's not avoiding him. All right, boys. Yeah. If this is about Jimmy Garoppolo, I swear to God. It's not about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's about so uh, the Niners are playing. Oh, that's bad news. No offense, just no offense, just limped off the field. Uh, looks like a lower leg injury. Um, but um, uh, Mike's boy, Manny Sanders, who we keep uh, kind of sidestepping when he talks about it. he thinks he's gonna be good this year. He just caught an absolute bomb from Joe Flacco. That um, it, he was well contested and it was about I think it looked to be in the air about 40, 45 yards. It got called back by penalty, but. If that connection is there, um, you know, Manuel Sanders and uh, and Joe Flacco, then that could be a good thing. Oh, okay. Oh, Fant, yeah. Uh, Fant just got rolled up. He should be okay. He in probably fact, isn't. 18 times in the last nine years, Emmanuel Sanders has finished le- leading the week in wide receiver scoring. Yeah, see? Look, there oh, I'm you go, sorry. Mark. I misread that. 18 times in the last nine years, Emmanuel Sanders has missed a game with an injury. Oh, okay. So two games a year. Come on, man. 18 two- injuries. And he's, and he's like he's like game missing injuries. He's like wide receiver fifty right now. Anyways, that's Too not what we're that's Sorry, not Mike, what... I didn't even let you step in there before I started going <laughs> off about him. Anyways, all right. So that was just a little aside about Manuel Sanders. And if I was oddly quiet about during the Drew Brees discussion, I'm a level with you folks. I literally was not listening because I was watching 49ers Broncos. It doesn't involve you. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. I had no dog in that fight. And I could not tell you a single thing they said. <laughs> so, all right. So now for my, my punishment for that is Evan is going to call me out about Robbie Anderson. Uh, Evan is a bad man who does not like good players, um, as evidenced by the fact that he loves bad player Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and uh, Evan has him at wide receiver 32, Robbie Anderson of the Jets. I have him at wide receiver 21. Go ahead. Uh, tell me tell me uh, which small child in what country told you to rank him at, at uh, wide receiver 32. How dare you? Your opinion <laughs> is a scourge on the entire industry of fantasy in general. Uh, Robbie Anderson, already quite mediocre. And Quincy Anun was back. Jameson Crowder, who's not great but can cut inside, is back. Le'Veon Bell's there. You know who else is there? Dole, Dowell Loggins. I can't even pronounce his name, but it's not good that he's there. This is their offensive coordinator. He might be the worst offensive coordinator in the history of the NFL. He was part of the Browns when they suck, when their offense was horrible. He was part of the Bears when their offense sucked. He was part of the Titans during any given year because that's when their iPhones sucked. He was part of the Dolphins. All of these people were rock bottom when he was there. And now he's in there. He's also with Adam Gase, who should always have a question mark after his name. He should change his name to have a question mark in it. Those four things are, are making me... A lot of stuff has got to go right for Robbie Anderson to be a wide receiver, too. Okay. 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 So, um, in preseason week two... Uh, Sam Darnold threw seven passes. Three of them were to Robbie Anderson. He caught all three. Three season. Hey, that's you know like, what? That's like arguing you want to draft an RB for how well he's going to do in the fantasy playoffs. All right. How about this? The last uh, weeks, uh, 13 through 16 last year through the fantasy playoffs, he played on a uh, 86 catch pace for 12, 1,229 yards and 10 touchdowns. He played on played on that pace. How's that? How's that sound? He had this many fantasy points. Four, well, because two, his, zero, his, three, zero, four, three, 24, one, I'm, zero, zero, 10. I'm sorry he can't produce with Josh McCown. I'm sorry that that's not something that he's he's capable of doing because, you know, all the other guys that are capable of producing with Josh McCown throwing the ball to him. This is when he nope, started I to click with Sam, low games does. He started to click with Sam Darnold 
and he played like a man on fire. And you mentioned uh, Jamison Crowder here. I have some notes here for Jamison Crowder. I wrote Jamison Crowder, LOL. Um, that's my note for Jamison Crowder. He does the same thing as Quincy Anunua, but is worse at it. Um, Jamison game is really is, 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 is the disadvantage. He's not well, great, but he caused a crowd there. Every time I see it, every time I see it, I don't think a crowd. I think of the French guy and uh, uh, Mayor Quimby in The Simpsons, the the chowder guy, you know, chowda and chowder. Yeah. That's I'm what adding I think. to the style guide. He is now known as Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder, yeah. yeah. Let's tell all writers. That's uh, the official, Mike, official guide. Crowder. Let's see. Looks and, like uh, Sam Darnold started all 16 games last year, except for three in the middle. Well, he got hurt. So, right. like, so like I said, so sorry he couldn't produce with. Sorry, okay, let, let me rephrase game. that. Sorry, I Sam couldn't. Darnold. He couldn't produce with a rookie quarterback in his first few games, or Josh McCown, or a hurt quarterback coming back from injury. But once they started to click, guess what happened? Second half stats are more indicative of what will happen the next year than first half stats, and that's something that I just made up right now to support my point. Anyways, a debate over. I guess. I guess. I guess you're right. Catching less than six catches per game over a four-game span is on fire. He's a deep ball guy. Catching less than six catches per game? Deep ball guys are going to disappoint you outside of best ball. Why do you all continue to love when the world is just a hopeless abattoir? Uh, It's a hopeless what? Abattoir. It means slaughterhouse for humans. Wow, where do you, where do you, what word a day calendar did you pull that off of? Uh, I think it was the either Spanish Inquisition or the French Revolution. They were like, we aren't killing people fast enough. We got lines, people. We've got to optimize how much we slaughter these people. So they invented killing houses. Killing houses. That sounds, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds more like um, the Spanish Inquisition. Well, no, because the Spanish Inquisition, they take your time to kill you. Uh, the French Revolution, they were just... Oh, you know why? Uh, oh, you know why it's French? You know why you're right? Abattoir. Abattoir, yeah. That's not Spanish abattoir. word. That's not Spanish. Yeah, and okay. um, by the way, uh, you got upset with him for catching less than uh, six catches per game. Um, there were only uh, nine uh, quarter or wide receivers who caught more than six passes per game last year. So, I was saying over a four-game span where he was declared to be on fire. So, number Scorching 10 in up the field like a mic take. Ever- Number 10 in receptions last year caught um, five, less than five and a half catches per game. So you ready to take that back? You ready to take that back? I thought there were 11 people with over 100, over 100 catches last year. Not wide receivers. Ha-ha! Gotcha. Mm, okay. Gotcha, buddy. This doesn't include Christian McCaffrey or Zach Ertz or that because I just sorted by wide receivers. Let's see. So, five and a half times 16 is 88. Yeah, and so, and uh, Tyreek Hill at 87, and he was number 10. Well, Tyreek Hill is the greatest guy of all time. Bra, bra, not, bra, bra. not off the field, but on the bra, field. Bra. He had the most efficient uh, yards per catch of all time. Mike Evans, 86. Robert Woods, 86. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> not getting six catches in a game is not a big deal. Michael Thomas yeah, had 100. It is 100- when you're on... Did they have a four-game span that was the top of their season where they got less than six per game? Well, no, you're 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 trying to shame me because I said he was on fire when oh, his, I done did. his receptions pace would have put him as a top ten wide receiver in receptions. If and you're trying to Sean you're Jackson's trying to shame and mock me for best. calling you're trying to shame and mock me for calling being top ten in a position in, in, in a span 
over if that was over the course of a season, you're trying to say that that's not on fire when he'd be top ten in, in, in yeah. that position. Look at any season. Take Deshaun Jackson's top four games. He's probably on pace for two thousand yards and forty five touchdowns. I'm just talking receptions here. You brought up the catches thing. I'm working with your stat, Bobby Cables. By the way, I'm officially calling about the, out this jerk hole on Twitter that uh, uh, came at me. Um, but y- this is your stat. You were mocking me, and it's top ten. If he, if uh, you said, oh, less than six catches per game, well, six ca- uh, five and a half puts him at uh, at court- uh, wide receiver ten. So this is your stat, buddy. Have you can't you, uh, you can't come at me like, oh, what about Deshaun Jackson's? This is your stat. Do you know how you pronounce Dowell Lagains? I assume Dow- like the piece of wood used to attach to other wood, but I feel like that'd be a weird thing to name your kid after. It's, it's Dowell Loggins, like uh, Kenny. Okay. Is it Kenny Loggins' son? Uh, uh, sure. Except, 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 except outlawing, outlawing dancing. dancing. He outlawing dancing. Oh, my oh God. My God. Ah. Are you guys getting that echo, too? Yes. We are, Okay. For a split second, though. I, for a split second there, we entered the multiverse, I think. That's fine. The joke was not good, and I'm glad you got stepped <laughs> on. So. All right. So I think that I think that was the universe telling us to put uh, the Robbie Anderson discussion to bed. So, um, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure and a delight arguing with you today. Um, so before we head out, just want to... I'm leaving uh, the show. Well, for now, until next time. So just a before you... taken. Before you head out, you can uh, find me and Mike on Twitter. I'm Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. Mike is RFL Red Zone. Mike, you still there? Yes, sir. Okay, I thought we might have lost Mike. Uh, Evan is on Facebook as Evan Hoovler. Um, or you can talk to all of us on the, our Discord if you sign up through patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. You get a link to the uh, the Discord. You can come chat with us there. Um if you want to support the show in another way, you can go to draft.com, promo code absurdity, and uh, and uh, sign up there. Deposit ten bucks. Uh, we get a nice little pat on the head, a little kickback. Uh, you get a draft kit and a three dollar um, token to use um, for free um, in a draft. Um, if you want to just check out what we're working on, the website's footballabsurdity.com. And if you've made it this far in the podcast, I have one request for you. Please go to Apple Music and rate us uh, there. I technically don't think I can ask tell you to, to um, rate us five stars. But if you don't want to rate us five stars, don't go there. That's, a little, uh, that's called a loophole and skirting the rules. Uh, you can find the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, um, and uh, anywhere that uses uh, uh, general RSS feeds, you can find us. I'm going to be real honest with you guys. I don't know what Spotify wants from us. I'm working with Spotify to delete the podcast and resubmit it because no matter what I do to update it, Spotify does not want to put us back on there. So I'm, I'm working on that, and I'm working with Spotify, and we'll be back on there soon. And then hopefully we can get on to uh, Google Music as, or Google Podcasts as well. So, uh, gentlemen, you got any, any, any last words here? This is fun. I like the ones where we go at each other. Yeah. All right. Mike, you good? Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Very convincing. Just going right, to end the podcast and we're all just going to start screaming and punching each other. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's, uh, let's, uh, oops. let's hug it out here. Okay, guys? Let's hug it out. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Everything you know is wrong. Black is white up is down and short is long.